Welcome to another week's edition of Good Band, Bad Band, where we talk about two artists whose names sound similar, but the music sounds different. This week we're talking about Four Non Blondie. I'm Jared. I am Dax. Caleb. Tyler. What's up? What's up, everybody? What's up, everybody? What's going on? What is going on? Is that, hey, is that what you yay, say? Yay, yay, yay. You say that? Yeah, people don't know. They think it's uh, called What's Going On. What's Going On. Oh, no, I don't think true. she says what's up in the whole dang song. Dang, yep. did. It's tricky. Mm-hmm. It's a rock around. So let's uh, get into it. Four non blondes. Is it an, was there an S? Yeah, uh, there's an S. Four non blondes. There's an S. Yes. Blondes, yeah, there's yes. an S. Because they're. They, it's kind of similar in my mind to uh, Edie, Bo- Edie Brickell and New Bohemians because they don't have a, a the, but another 90s-led rock group. That's, that is true. Uh, and I saw them in, in Kentucky last year. Not Four Non Blondes because they've been, oh, they've been broken ask. up for a long time. I was going to say, I don't think that they're touring, but okay. No. Uh, led by Linda Perry, which uh, Dax has some information about Linda Perry. She's an interesting lady. She is. And uh, so they only have one album. This this one album. I find that to be so, so weird. Like you would think that a group like them would at least have put out a second album that didn't succeed. Mm-hmm. They didn't even try because of Perry leaving the band, basically. Yeah. Then because what they what she had cited was was that she wanted to do something different. And really, she didn't really want to do what they did on Bigger, Better, Faster, More. That's the album, yes. Right. She wanted to have it a little bit more rough around the edges, from my understanding. Like blues rock or so. Yeah. So she wanted it to be different. And so on the second album, she still wanted it to be different, but they wanted to kind of make the same album. So they just didn't. They just didn't do it. And I just find it very surprising that you would have a group like, I mean, with how popular they are, mm. because of the one song, yes, yeah, was, and not really anything else, but they're popular because of that one song. People know the name Four Non Blondes at least a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting that they only have one album to me. Yeah, there's some other um, groups like I mean, it's, it's kind of they're in a different category of one hit wonders, you know. Like they could be a one hit wonder that had you know, a bunch of albums and only one of them stuck. Or if there's another band uh, that uh, they're called New Radicals that came out in like 97, that's pretty good stuff. But they only had one album and they only have one um, hit. You know, it's the same kind of thing. Yeah. So there's a few of them from that period. Mm -hmm. You could say this about every decade, but the 90s was kind of weird with music. The Macarena was the number one hit at one point in the 90s. Right. That's it's, a strange thing. It's cultural. It is. As an example, I was just wondering about the band Crazy Town. Oh, yeah. Oh, They've yeah. had a few songs. Oh, boy. Uh, who had the hit um, Butterfly, Butterfly. Yep. in 1999. They had another album in 2002. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. I would have never known that they had an album in 2002. I only knew that they had the album The Gift of Game. Mm-hmm. But... That would be an example of someone who I would I wouldn't have been surprised if they only had one album and they never did anything outside of that. Mm-hmm. What do you think about Four Non Blondes, Tyler? You fan? It's just okay. Just okay. It's just okay. It's not bad, I wouldn't say, but it's just it doesn't speak that much to me, you know. 
No. It just kind of get her in some singing. So uh, for the reason or how they got together, I looked up this uh, information. According to Linda Perry, uh, she and one of the other members were at a night club called Night Break. And when it was mentioned the trio was looking for a vocalist, Linda Perry announced she was a singer, where uh, the the other member, Hall, replied, I know. Oh, wow. That was it. That's mm. what they put. And then it says the, their first rehearsal was supposed to be at 6.10 p.m., but shortly after 5 o'clock, the Loma Prieta earthquake hit the San Francisco area. So they did not have, I assume, no. that... Uh, Oh, I was thinking that, that they just had a really weird. Yeah, it, you could say yeah. that Fate their first day in. might have been a little shaky. A, I was working. Did up you that write same that joke. down, or did you? No, I just that. Yeah, I, I wrote that all down, and then I I just came up with that. That's that's the I, yeah. He wrote down everything but that. But why even? I mean, like, how is that? Hey, we're looking for a singer. She says, "I know." Why even put that in? In on Wikipedia as a thing. That's a very strange thing. Listen, who knows things about Linda Perry? Which one of you knows more? I know a little That's bit. That's a good question. Dax probably knows more. What's than up with the hats? I don't know what's up with the hats. <laughs> Why? Why I you do hats? Only she's, imagine. She is basically the uh, no, female Steven Tyler to me. You sure? Well, I should I understand thinking Slash. That. She's mixture because she looks kind of like Steven Tyler. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. She but she wore the slash hat in Four Non Blondes. And then she got that weird big hat like what Pharrell wore. Yeah. Which was dumb on him. Looked better on her, but not good any, either way. She went through a Tom Petty phase, too, uh, with that mm, kind of hat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She has the goggles. Oh steampunk. My. Oh, yeah. That's kind of like the blues traveler phase. Mm-hmm. 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 We all go through it once. Yeah, we all get into blues traveler. We found a thing on YouTube earlier this week, Dax and I. It was like a, a sit-down uh, so, like just kind of an interview-ish kind of style thing that Linda Perry did on her YouTube channel, uh, which it's like through her record label, she has a YouTube channel as well. She does a lot of like interviews and like she has like a radio show, I believe. There was like a round table kind of thing that she did. Oh, this it was, sounds like it's borderline. Hold on, hold on. It was her, Grimes, okay. Dolly Parton, and Sheryl Crow oh, all in a circle in a room talking about music. In a what? In a circle. Listen, a she's round, got, I said she's a, round got a round table, table. podcast. Let it's it... interesting. I did, are you did telling you me hear that the people else, I just mentioned? I heard somebody them. else has a round table podcast. Yeah. Dolly Parton was yeah. Dolly Parton was on it. And, and Grimes, Grimes, they're winning. I don't. If think... you've got Dolly Parton and Grimes on a, a round table a podcast, we, we got nothing. I think here. We, we should can, just wrap it up. That's what we can use to our advantage. We get Dolly Parton to think that it's that round table, but it's this round table, and then she shows up in your basement. And now, next thing you hey, know... Hey, Dolly, just watch out for the cat puke. You don't want to step oh, on it. No, sure. No, no, That's no. gross. Yeah, as if she would step foot down the stairs once she just busts through the door up there. And it's like, what's happening? This isn't the round table I remember. Where is Grimes? Where are all the hats? <laughs> Where are all the hats? <laughs> we'll make a little makeshift sign that just says Dollywood and put it on the house. That'll work. That'll, That'll draw her right in. <laughs> She's obsessed you- with her own brand of, of theme park. If you put it on the door, it actually attracts her from a long distance. She can smell it, and oh, she'll, yeah. she'll start slowly walking. She won't drive. She'll just walk like a like a beagle from wherever her location is until she finds that location. Really? She has radars built in. 
it's kind of like a dog who pees on a tree. Right. She can smell the scent of what should be hers, and she'll come, and she'll come and to pee she'll on sue it. you, and she'll sue you. Yeah. But not till she does your round table that she thought was a different one. Absolutely. In your basement. Dolly yeah. Parton, everybody. In the basement, in three men's basement. We'll, in, we'll invite her over, but tell her to come over anytime between nine and five. Oh, hey. she can't come over between nine and five because she's working. That's true. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Perry is just in general a very interesting character, especially her her writing, she's in my opinion. Written so many just huge hits that nobody knows are hers. Yep, she wrote uh, a few songs for Pink, I believe. But Get This Party Started probably yes. the biggest. Yes. Uh, she wrote Beautiful, uh, that was performed by Christina Aguilera. Uh, what what else did she write, Jared? Do you remember any of that? Those are the two biggest ones that stand out. There was something else that I was that we were going to talk about. I cannot remember what it was. Though. A it, bunch of things. Was it the fact that she also had James Blunt on her record label? Uh, yes, yeah, she discovered him. Right, she signed him. Signed. I don't know if she had an active part in making his album. Yeah, um, the money part. Yes, uh, yes, exactly. She also did the song or wrote the song Candyman, right? By yep. Christina Aguilera. Terrible right. song. Terrible song. Horrible song. <laughs> it's not that bad. It's not very good, though, is it? It's a, it pop, start, it, it's a poppy, poppy, well, pop, pop. But when they start, they're willing to tell you the the risque parts, and then they just replace it with noises at mm. towards the end of the song. Mm-hmm. Mm. So what's up with that? Couldn't tell uh, you. That's, it's what's he's got going a, on. He's got a big old, huh? Huh? I That's could, what the lyrics say. It's quality songwriting right there. Absolutely. Very good. It sounds, it sounds pristine. If you can fit more than 20 uh, in your song, I will give you an award. It'd be, uh, Speaking of an award, in 1994, Four Non Blondes, the only uh, award they ever won, according to their Wikipedia page. They were nominated for two others. They won Best International Hit for the song What's Up from the Danish Music Awards. Thank God. Mm. They know what they're talking about. Them Danes, they know quality. They know what they're doing. Great Dane. They are great Danes. But the thing that I was talking about earlier in terms of her writing is that I do respect her. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of a lot of people who do this, but since she's in a performer, you would expect that she would maybe potentially perform the songs that she has written, but she is handing off these pretty big pop songs. To people that she, I, I don't know if she thinks that they're more capable or if she's just not interested in making them to begin with, but I find it to be commendable that she would make something and that she wouldn't just put her own name on it, basically. Because when you think of the song Beautiful, you don't think of, you don't think of her at all. Right. You think of Christina Aguilera. When you think of the song Get the Party Started by Pink, you don't think of her, you think of Pink. Well, that's a writer's role. Like, I, I don't know if many pop songs that are written by the artists that perform yeah. them. Rarely. Like the actual like songwriting talent comes from someone else. And then the performance, like the show comes from the artists that perform. They are it. just the voice. Mm-hmm. They're just the vehicle for the song. That's right. They're getting used by the industry. Plus the writer makes like you make lots of money. You yeah. do. You do. And no one has to know. They don't bother you. Yeah. Yeah, nobody comes up and is like, you're the person who wrote all of these songs. No, because nobody cares. Nobody even knows about it. You know why? Because they don't... It used to be you get these things called records, and they're 12 inches. And you get in there, a piece of paper with words you can read on it. What are they What are they made out of? They're made out of plastic, PVC, poly vinyl chloride. 
And they use that to make music? They make music. But that's not what I'm talking about. They got inside of them this big piece of paper with words. With words on it. And you can read them. Now, when all these pop songs, just like a little CD books, like it's like nothing. You can't read those words. Nobody looks at the CD book. That's my point. No. But if you that nobody does. But if you did, you couldn't read it anyway. So nobody's even know. buying CDs anymore. No, but at the time all these pop, all these pop songs. The song right We've all got genius now. At the time mm. all these pop songs came out, though. That's true. She also wrote uh, "What You Waiting For" for Gwen Stefani. That's another song that she wrote. Mm -hmm. People, that's a pretty decent song, really. Well, Gwen Stefani doesn't make trash. She wrote the song "No Bravery" for "Back to Bedlam" by James Blunt. She did not write "You're Beautiful." Who wrote? Who wrote that? She wrote "Beautiful." Uh, Doesn't matter. Um, so you want to hear something funny about them? In uh, 1994, 91, they were signed to Interscope. And it says, uh, after they had performed at Gavin Convention, where they had opened for Primus on mm. Valentine's Day. What a what a thing. Huh. What a show to go to. They opened for hey, Primus. What, huh? what are you doing on Valentine's Day this year? Well, I'm going to go see Primus and, and Four Non Blondes. Blondes. Beautiful. How romantic. That's lovely. You know how they got their name? They're not bunch blonde. Of, bunch of jerk blondes. Here's here's what they said, and I read this to Dax earlier, and here is what they said. It says, The unusual name of the band came from an experience the group had in the Bay Area with a blonde family. According to Christina Hillhouse, who's in the group, right next to us, there's a trash receptacle with a piece of pizza on top, and the kid wanted to pick it up. The mom said, No, it's probably dirty. What with the pigeons and people... And she stared right out at us. We were non-blondes. Now, I read that to him, and he said, I understand their name less than I did before. Yeah, I think I agree. so. I feel like what actually happened was was that when they looked over to the side, they saw a woman in a, in a, very, in large a very large hat, hat and yeah. they said, I bet she's got some pigeons on her shoulder. I think she did. And lo and behold, she did not. Yeah. What if, hat is harboring birds? What if this pizza wasn't good enough for these blondes? And they're like, you know what? We're not blonde. Let's go eat that pizza. Ooh. You think they eat the, oh. they ate the pizza? They, that's why they, they called it that? I would have eaten the pizza. You ever see that video of that little mouse or rat or whatever in New York that's bringing, hold, or pulling that pizza on the ground? Ratatouille? Yeah, no, not Ratatouille. Was he going to make it so he <laughs> no, could it was cook a, it up? Stuart Little. Oh, of course. No, it was that he mouse was from, Chicago, from, from, from Mousetrap. Oh. oh. With Nathan Lane and that other guy no one cares about. People care about Nathan Lane. Is it Fievel Goes West? That's the one. That's the one. He's dragging pie, and he's got to take it on a train. He's taking it down he's west. He's the one who introduced pizza to California. Mm. And thank God for him. He yeah. had a long trek to get there. Right. We wouldn't have California Pizza Kitchen, which I've never eaten that. Not sponsored. Which mouse took pizza to Chicago? That must have been Stuart Little if he was in Chicago. Was he in Chicago? Oh, my God. That makes so much sense. Anywho, what was your point of that pizza dragging? Hmm. What I really do want to know. I would like to know what it was, at least for my own. You know, there was a video of uh, like a a mouse in yeah, but, New York. But why? Was, because why the pigeon is a pizza. There's pizza. Oh, that's right. I forgot about. I forgot, forgot why we even started talking. Yeah, I forgot how we. I forgot where the pizza even came from. Mm. I'm sorry. Okay, you were just ready to riff. You didn't have anything that you wanted to say about the actual pizza. I can't believe I can't remember pants. why we were talking about. It. So back to four non-blondes. Yes. Why don't we? 
Uh, I need you to play something, Caleb. Of course. Uh, hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, God. By Slack Circus, uh, also known as the He-Man song. I'm so tempted to just play that whole song. Where's the He-Man part? Uh, it's being sung by He-Man. In the YouTube video. So uh, it was created uh, by uh, something like he, it's called Slack Circus, which is an animation and video production company from Texas. And they put out a video called Fabulous Secret Powers, which was inspired by like a 1980s PSAs. Uh, and it incorporated He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. And then it put in the song What's Up that was produced by the Slack Circus employees. And uh, they put that on YouTube. And it garnered a lot of views. And then they put a shortened version titled Hey Ya 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 on to YouTube as well. And it has over 160 million YouTube views. We've known about that song for a long time. May I quickly? Yes. What do you have? May you quickly? He's got something. And he prays. Oh my God, does he pray? I would imagine more people know the He-Man song. No. Like to, like younger people. No. Younger people. There's a Minecraft version. That's something. Like, kids love that. Yeah, I, it must be younger people. I don't know it. Like younger like kids. Like I'm saying like the the Just U- finish your point. The YouTube generation knows this song more from the He-Man than they do from Four Non Blondes. Probably. Possibly. That's probably true. That's probably where I first knew it. Honestly, I wonder. That's where you knew there's definitely people out there who have that. I shake my head too, Jared. This was a long time ago. I saw I saw that when it was new. I don't remember when that was. Did you hear the song when it was new? Maybe. Wouldn't it have been 16 years old when this came out? According to this, it was made in 2005. That's a long time ago. I'd have been. I was really, but it probably wasn't. I mean, I doubt that we saw it then. I was. It would have been a long time ago. I was an age. Yep. Dak seems to think that he listened to it the moment it came out. The moment. I don't know. He said it came out when he watched it when it was new. As soon as it came out. Maybe within the first year. He lived in Texas. He worked at Slack Circus. It was crazy. He's a trendsetter. What can he say? Absolutely. I find it a little sad that you don't know any other Four Non Blonde songs. Like nobody. I mean, they've only got one album, so it's difficult to have even the opportunity. But it's not like... I mean, What's Up is probably the best written song and the best performed song, but the other songs are not, like, far off. They're in the same vein. No, but they're all just about the same. But that's, I mean, that's why they could have had another hit. No. No, I think that's why they maybe couldn't, because, you know, you got one song mm-hmm. that everyone likes, and the other one you're just like, it's, just like the, it's kind of the same thing, but yeah. I don't I'd like it as much. To the other one, yeah, yeah, I'd rather just listen to What's Up. That makes sense. I mean, hey. What's going on? Yeah, that makes sense. I, yeah, because like no one's no one's pining for dear Mister President. Yeah, no, not no, no. But I'm always pining for morphine and chocolate. You should be. Send them to us. So according to, to uh, Linda Perry, one of the reasons that they broke up. There's a few different reasons. One that she said was the music kind of they just wanted to keep doing the same thing. The other reason that she said uh, was she is an out lesbian mm-hmm. and yes. is. Um, very 
proud s- vocal about it yes yes and so like uh, at a number of her performances she wrote the word dyke on her guitar yeah and she i think it was on uh jay leno i believe when mm-hmm. she did that and then some other vmas i think or something like that and i guess the other members see i don't know if they were uh homosexual as well or not because what it said in what i read about them breaking up was that she was very out but the other two members uh that were female were not as vocal about it that's my understanding so i don't think i think maybe but that isn't that would that would mean that they would be gay um but that they never said they were or weren't right so i don't it's weird i mean saying that they that reasoning out to them right you know what i mean so i don't she yeah she's basically saying like i don't i didn't want to be in that band because they wouldn't say they're gay and it's like you just said they're gay like you just do <laughs> you know what you just did like you see how that's kind of, how that was a sensitive topic for them yeah. i assume that at that point they must have been out and maybe she was stating this was something that was maybe something that was attention for us at the time but i don't know it's totally possible that she just outed them mm-hmm. she also was uh married to sarah gilbert who was mm-hmm. on the show roseanne as darlene connor yes, that i did not true. know i did i saw that because you, you can see a picture of them mm-hmm. yep so i have a kid together do they yeah they do they just recently separated what yeah in 2019 that, that kid there's a picture a of them and their kid walking around with masks on here recently Oh, they're back together. I, I was just going to say, yeah, I feel you, like if they're together... This timeline no longer lines up. The mask thing happened within the last few months. I don't, yeah. know, what, I don't know what to tell you. That the, I'm just stating facts. The current year is 2020. Bitten them. So I want to do a little um, That Sounds Familiar thing here, if we can. Please. Uh, so we've heard What's Up a few times already. Uh, go ahead and play Put Your Hearts Up by Ariana Grande. That is a good sample. I don't want That's to... not a sample. Uh, interpolation, I guess. Yeah, it's more just a, a borrowing. Yeah, and, and, yeah. Or just a covering, really. Interpolation. Interpolation. That's a, big words. Okay, <laughs> we don't know. I don't mean to to question Ariana Grande. I know she's a, a, a fine a fine gal, but how does one put your heart up? You don't. It's a just a play on words. Is it? I don't think that's a play on words. I think that's put your hands up as a thing, but she's saying put your heart up, yeah. which is physically no, impossible. No, it's like wagering it. Oh. Like, you suck. Yeah, put your heart up and tell me that. Huh? You want to bet your heart I suck? Yeah. You can. I did find a good cover of What's Up also. Did you? Uh, it is only on YouTube, so you'll have to furry into there. Uh, it is by Lady Gaga. So at crisis times when I lie in my bed just to get it all out, what's in my head and I, I'm feeling a little peculiar. And so I wake in the morning and I step outside and I take 
Was that even a cover? Because I almost feel as though that was just four non-blondes. It did sound really. <laughs> it was too. It really was good. like almost too close. It was right. It was crazy. On. She, crazy. She has a different voice. Barely. Not, on yeah, that it's one. not that. Well, she's mim she's imitating. Yes. She does put more emotion into it. This is like the raw version that I imagine they wanted to do. Yeah. Well, what was it like live when they did it live? You think it wasn't kind of like that? I cannot attest. Never no. saw it. The point is no longer valid. They also covered, Vornon Blondes covered Misty Mountain Hop for a hey. Led Zeppelin cover album. They That's did. pretty good. And Dave Navarro from uh, Jane's Addiction played yep. guitar on there. Really? Did you hear that? Pretty good one. He's played guitar all over. Yep. He was on one um, one Red Hot Chili Peppers record. Yep. He was on a bunch of Jane's Addiction records. He's played on a bunch of stuff. Yeah. He did a what was he did the guitar? He got booted from Red Hot Chili Peppers by the same man he was slated to replace. Wow! He did the lead guitar for um, Alanis Morissette. Oh really? On um, what song was it? It would have you ought to know. I think that would make sense. Uh, well, now he's a master of tattoo. Mm-hmm. Ink, ink master. Do we want to transition to Blondie? Yes. Okay. Yes. Cool. I feel like this is a really, really big statement. Really, really big. So call me out if I'm wrong. I think that Blondie is the female-fronted clash. That's well, not bad. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty... I think that's uh, acceptable. That's acceptable? Yeah. yeah, they were in okay. the punk scene. They played with Ramones mm -hmm. and Talking Heads to CBG. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. If we're in there now, buddy, I oh, found boy. a wormhole of nonsense. Oh, Thank no. You. Okay, play the song, the Ramones song, Go Lil' Camaro. Okay, that background vocal is Lynn, um, Debbie Harry mm -hmm. from Blondie, Blondie. Okay. doing the little ooh-ooh-oohs. Okay. Now, go to mashed potato time. It's time for the mashed potato attack. the ladies and knock out the homeboys too this ain't the twist or the boogaloo the mashed potato is in the that is also debbie harry doing the background vocals on mashed potato time which is what this is yeah what, Dee is, Dee what is mashed potato time oh you're saying okay i'm sorry dd king yep. also dd ramon yep did an album of of rap yeah. music. Yeah. Awful. In, because his, in his heavily cocained years of, he, the, of the mid to late 80s. He discovered rap uh, on his own. Now, he didn't find rap, but right. like he didn't make it. But 
Well, he did make it. He, yeah, he, <laughs> he made did it. not originate. He was the founder he of rap. He didn't music. found. He founded yeah. it. Yes. So he discovered rap uh, he organically. Stumble. Yeah, really. And so he liked it so much. He said, "I want to make rap." Right. And so he made this album of rap songs. Yeah. It's very strange, but because of the friendship that he has with uh, Debbie Harry, she was on it from being on the Ramones album and such. And so here's the other thing that I found super weird about this. That song, Mashed Potato Time, is a basically a cover, but he re- rewrote the rap lyrics of the song, Mashed Potato Time, um, yes, by somebody named D.D. Sharp. So D.D. Uh. Ramon King covered D.D. Sharp doing Mashed Potato Time. The whole thing is very strange. Very strange. Do we want to play Mashed Potato Time or do we not want to mess with it? I don't care either way. It's very quick. You can just play it very quickly. There's a whole mashed potato dance. What a wormhole we found. We did. She wow. also was on um, the song German Kid on his album as well. So she's done a bunch of um, of appearances on other albums and such. And they're very eclectic and strange. Mm-hmm. She did a song with Franz Ferdinand, yeah. which is interesting because they covered Call Me. Call Me yeah. So they covered her and then she was like, hey, I like your song. I'll be on your album. So like they, they did a covers EP from the album Tonight. And that was a song that was on tonight, and they did um, a cover with her of their song. Nice, it's pretty cool. They were all. She was also on uh, a song called "No" uh, from the album "No Talking, Just Head." Uh, you know, she does. They, they she's kind of like a a goddess of the music world. Mm-hmm. You know, she was in the remake, the the Hulu remake of High Fidelity. She took Bruce Springsteen's place. Spoiler. Hold on. Spoiler. If you watch the movie and he's all and John Cusack is sulking and he's talking about how he's going to go talk to all of his top five and the boss is like, good idea, pal. Debbie Harry plays that character. And what year was that? Which one? What year was the movie? The new one? Of? Yes. High no, Fidelity. It's the show. Oh, the show. Sorry. The show is recent. It's from last year. Uh, okay, well, I, I was I wasn't sure if it had been out long enough that you are past the point. Yeah, of- it's from last year and it was a big deal. So okay. I would assume people have seen it. Yeah, you're good. You know, but uh, yeah, she's in it. Well, she plays that character. I don't think that's much of a spoiler. I don't know. Whatever. You can see it in the you can see it in the, on on IMDb in the credits list. I don't think right. it's a spoiler. Then you're good. Well, there you go. She's pretty cool. Uh, you know what? Uh, when we at work at my previous uh, uh, my well at my work, I don't know what to describe <laughs> it. It doesn't really matter. Just at your place of at employment. my place of employment. My uh, my work uh, with my cousin. He liked to make these lists, these top, these five lists, a celebrity top five list. And I made one about top five women in music, and she was on my list. Young oh, Debbie Harry, yeah, you know, and the current Debbie Harry's fine, but you know, she, you know, but she was on my list, and I. So I just wanted to say that. I find her name thing to be interesting. I was talking about this earlier. So she has she is Deborah Harry. Uh-huh. But she also went by Debbie Harry. But she also apparently plays the character of Blondie in the band 
Blondie. You see what oh, I'm saying? Oh, yes. I know what you mean. Yes. But I didn't know I didn't know that yes. that was a thing. So, like, she is separate because when she has done uh, tours, she toured and opened, I think, for Cindy Lauper or something like that on one of her tours. And she did not play any Blondie songs. She only played her solo stuff, and they were confused why. And she was basically saying how she separated her career. Her music with Blondie is separate from her Debbie or Deborah Harry right, stuff. Sure, yeah. But she was on one of the albums for Blondie. She was like, hey, um, Deb here, I am playing. I am Blondie. Because she's like, I've always been known as Blondie. People have always call, called me Blondie. Because, I mean, if you see somebody uh, on the street or whatever, like you're going to call them by that name, like rather than their name, they're going to, you're going to call them by Hey like, Blondie. Like Eddie, yeah. if you see Eddie Vedder, you're going to be like, Hey Pearl Jam, what's going on? <laughs> you know, like that's who he's known for that thing. So she has been called Blondie that's a it. lot in her career as well, but supposedly she plays the character of, of Blondie. Blondie. Yeah. That is, that is quite confusing. She's also, I think, it, I mean, when they kind of really everyone from that, from the punk scene kind of blew up in the late seventies, really mm-hmm. all the, all those people that played around there. And when they did, she got like, she's just been all over. Like you would put a song in the podcast of her and Iggy pop who they've, they hang, they used to hang out a lot. Mm-hmm. She also hung out with Bowie a lot, you know? So she just, just kind of a person who was around a lot of people too. It's pretty interesting. She has um, an acting career as well. Like she's been in David Cronenberg films, mm-hmm. Um, she has been in, I don't know, a, like her film credits are a bunch because they broke up in, oh, they broke up in 82. They were only together. I thought it was 84. 72 to 80, 74 to 82. And then they got back together 15 years later from 97 until now. But she had, she, um, they broke up because one of the members of the band had a, like a rare autoimmune disease or something like that. I think it was Chris Stein. It was, um, yeah, it was like a skin, like a skin disease, wasn't it? And so they they like broke up so that she could help take care of him or something like that, which is yeah, just most bands probably would just replace him and keep going. Oh, you but, got a skin disease? All right, see you later. Like that was like towards the top of their success, even too, you know. So it's it's wild, but I guess he kind of recovered from it or something, and then got back together fifteen years later. It is also, I find it odd that we're covering Four Non Blondes and Blondie because they do have a very parallel oh boy. career uh, in the way that there's so much of a focus on the front woman uh-huh. for both of those acts. That's true. Where you don't have any idea of any information about really any of the other members, which is not uncommon for the front man to be the only really well-known you know, artist, but both of them are relatively big names in music. Right. Yeah. So, but you know, they just had different levels of success outside of the group that they fronted. Yeah, that's true. What do you think? What I'll, I'll remind you all. This is the second time we've talked about Blondie. That's a pretty good album. I picked a lot of albums. It's a good album. It is a good album. It's got a lot of pretty good hits on it. Um, harder. I mean, heart of glass is huge. Mm-hmm. And you know, the whole album has been very well praised for a very long time. And it's really, honestly, quite um, forward-thinking, Parallel Lines is. It was kind of, you know, introducing the world to a new wave sound before really new wave was a thing. They were doing a lot of different genre-defying things throughout Parallel Lines that for 78 just don't make sense. 
Right. It sounds, I mean, it kind of sounds like an 80s album. It does because there's a yeah. lot of pop in it. Mm-hmm. There's right. a lot of pop that's not mainstream or familiar. It's very time. it's very glossy in the pop realm, but yeah. also has a lot of punk sounds to it. Oh yeah, it does. Well, you can't. I mean, if I remember correctly, that was a lot of the producer that worked on that. They had a few songs that they used in that album that they had shelved because it just didn't work right with the sound that they were going for, the punky sound. And then that producer came in and introduced them to some new stuff, and it made that album what it was. Well, I mean, I it. I think Heart of Glass was one they had shelved because they didn't like the sound of it. And then he introduced them to a new sound and they, they liked it. So they went, ran with it. Well, it obviously worked for them because from then on, like I said earlier, they're kind of like the clash of or like a, the female fronted clash where they have kind of blended a lot of very, very different genres into their punk sound that you wouldn't mm-hmm. expect from a punk band. They even have like a dub and reggae style of sound in some of their songs, similar to a clash. They've even done a little bit of rap like a clash. Mm-hmm. Like they've really kind of done the exact same types of genres that the clash did with their music. And that probably wouldn't have happened had a producer not have introduced them to pop then, if that's the case. If I remember correctly, uh, speaking of rap, while we're on that, I found a cover of Blondie doing uh, the Beastie Boys. Wasn't that something? Um, it is something. It's something. It's definitely something. I will, yeah, I think that's a good way to put it, too. I. It's also always, and this is, I don't want to like always comment on the way that somebody looks or anything, but it's very jarring to see somebody who is like 36 years removed from their popular album. It's like looking at like, you know, like seeing the Rolling Stones perform live. It's just still jarring to see so many older acts performing 30, 40 years past when they had their prime years as an artist. It really like, throws you for a loop. It does. Like you're like, that's that's Blondie? That's yeah. the group Blondie? They, they look old. Yeah. They look real old. Yeah. That's because they are. I know. <laughs> I she's, know they are. She's 75. Yeah. Is she still performing at 75 though? I don't know. She's That's in I'm that is right now. punk. She's rock. in Hulu. She's on Hulu at seventy-five. <laughs> that is punk. That's true. Rock. Yeah, they're punk. They know. They did lots of cocaine. Probably. They. I mean, everyone's it's true. Yeah. They, well, some people did heroin. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, Rapture. Uh, Rapture is considered to be the first rap song to chart at number one in the United really? States. That's. I'm sure that people that are actually in rap would not want that credit. probably not no no but i mean i don't know i don't know what where where's the line there kind of thing you know is yeah, it is it true. or is it not either it is or it, or it is not rap you know same thing with like what um yeah. the clash did with the magnificent seven yeah you know, that is probably a rap song it it does well that just gets into semantics in a certain way where yeah. you're like 
well, they're blending rap into the music, so is it really a rap song? It's like, well, it's a rap song, but it's also a punk song, but it's also a dub song, but it's also, you know, like, yeah. well, I've heard if the... it's if it's outside of any genre, then it's not really any song. Yeah, it's just true. a song at that point, almost. I have heard the distinction of the difference between rap and hip hop, because mm-hmm. growing up, I I, I kind of wasn't. I thought they were two the same thing, but. The, I was watching like an interview with somebody that I, I don't even know who it was. It was a rapper, but he was talking. He was saying that rap is the style of the music, but hip hop is the lifestyle of it. So you, all of the extra stuff is hip hop, but rap is the act of rapping, basically. Like that's the kind of the distinction. Okay. I always uh, thought it'd be really interesting to see inside, for instance, of CBGB in that era and see like what things each of those bands got from each other. Mm. Like there's, I, I think it's weird. I don't think there's any way to say that Talking Heads didn't somehow also influence Blondie. I mean, where oh, did yeah. they, sure. like they probably got some weirdness from Talking mm-hmm. Heads, right? Sure. And then they all got, you know, like I just think it'd be really interesting to see them all play and, and to, like, it'd be cool to go like week to week and see how they change week to week and see if you can pick out maybe parts that were influenced by other, other acts in there. That would just be cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. I think that Debbie Harry is very strange. I've read <laughs> some things. So in both 1989 and in 2010, she claimed in the early 70s that she was lured into a car that was driven by Ted Bundy while she was in New York. Yeah, I've heard this story. And that she had escaped. I heard that story before. She had, di- she had identified Bundy as the driver from TV reports, but uh, Snopes.com states that... Uh, it was probably not Bundy because there is no record that he was in New York at that time. Hmm. But it's just like, what a strange thing to even say. If it, you know, like if she's lying about it, which I don't know why she would, she what a strange does. thing to bring it up. But I mean, I guess it could, I mean, in the middle of the night, you see, so you, you know, it could have been somebody that looked like him. Right. I don't know. She probably was. She was probably on drugs as well. Oh, yeah. I was going to say the same thing you just said. Yeah, I've saw that story before. And people have written like articles, like in like brief interviews about her with her and written article about how that happened to her. Hmm. And I'm just like it's not nothing is verifiable here. So it's kind of like weird that you remember that time when she was kidnapped by Ted Bundy? He's like, <laughs> "No. No, I don't. No, I don't. I don't remember that." Hmm. She um the other movie that she started was Hairspray. By John Waters, which uh, it's her probably her biggest role, I would imagine, because she so. was the star of that film, and it was a pretty popular film. She also did the theme song for uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre New Generation film, and, and it, it is very strange. It is on the playlist, and it does not... You can just play it like very briefly, but it has... It's her and somebody named Robert Jacks, and the song is The Only Way, and it's the theme for that movie but Robert Jacks is the one that played Leatherface in the film and he's singing with her oh with mine when you catch someone's eye look one more time you speak with one voice but he doesn't reply so Goodbye. Oh, that's you, weird. It is weird. You know, her voice has aged 
mm. as well. You know, some people, they can just keep singing and their voice seems like it never changes. Like mm-hmm. Cohen. It's true. Yeah, that's true. He always just sounds like an old man. Yeah. But her, her voice is old. She's yeah. got old, an old lady voice now. <laughs> the old lady voice. The old lady voice. We ready to sign off? Yeah. Blondie's the, be- the good band. Yeah. They, I believe that they had Hands a hit down. song in the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, and the 2000s. If I remember correctly, really? I saw that that was a Blondie. That was a thing. They, they, it was Blondie, I believe. It might have even just been 80s, 90s, and 2000s. They had three decades. 70s. 70s they did. Okay, so it had been 70s, 80s, 90s. There were three decades sense. that they had hits in, and there's only one other artist that had three, like big hits in three decades, Michael and Jackson it was Michael Jackson. Called it. Yeah. So like, they're they're yeah, kind of in a master class arena. When well, it comes even down if they didn't it. have those hits, just what we know about the diversity of their music and its and its role, especially in the punk scene. Yeah, because we've talked about uh, how punk kind of splits into post punk and new wave mm-hmm. in the late seventies into the eighties, and like the pioneering groups of that of new wave and the more poppy version would be Blondie, and then the Talking Heads and the more weird version. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I, like their role in the genre it's just it's undeniable yeah absolutely it's so if it was linda perry versus blondie it would be pretty tough but it's not it's four non-blondes versus uh, you gotta go with blondie yeah it's blondie for sure and going over to patreon uh unanimous blondie yeah yeah is that the first fully unanimous We've had unanimous before. No, no, no. We're Even, talking fully unanimous. Fully. Oh, with Patreon. I'm sure that Patreon. Ex- ex- I'm sure that we have had it unanimous. Man, I don't sure. know. Sometimes it's always like maybe one vote on Patreon the other way. It feels like a big deal. It does oh, yeah. feel like a big feels deal. like a big deal in my mind too. And if you'd like to have your vote on the show, go to Patreon.com/slash/RicketRoundtable. We do a poll every week, so uh, it's included and whatnot. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of Good Band, Bad Band. Let us know who you think is the good band. Follow us on our social media platforms. Check out our website and such. Next week, we're talking about the Hu-Tang Clan. It's not what you think. Goodbye. That sucks that this happens when that happens and this 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 happens.